podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Eric Morris. And this is Nathan Stifel. <laughs> and my name is Doug Buden. And you're listening to This Is Happening. Woo-hoo! So, welcome. Um, what is happening? What What is happening? Well, today, um, I'm here with two of my favorite people on Earth. Love Nathan Streifel. Love Doug Buden. And we're doing a little interview of Nathan. Yeah, this is going to be my last podcast episode as a host, I suppose. So, um, just a little send-off for me. We're going to, I guess, do a little... Deep dive into my life. I think we just crushed <laughs> literally dozens of people throughout the globe. Everybody has like a, a collective, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. But you're not going away I'm forever. not going anywhere. You oh, can yeah. still follow me on Instagram and I'll still be doing things and posting things and yeah. acting in things and writing things and, and when, uh, such and such. And, and when the situation occasions it, we'd love to have you back on as a guest to oh, talk about you. some amazing exploit, some play, some sitcom, we'll some love that. Yeah, we'll just film. We'll, we'll um, put you in touch with our booker. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think I have all the contacts for the book. The people that book the <laughs> we show. We changed them. In all oh, the they're changes. all new. Okay, yeah. good. Well, they're changing the locks now. <laughs> but um, I hope you're enjoying the catering. We have a little party set up for you. <laughs> they really pulled out all the stops. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's a swan song. It's a farewell. So if you've listened to the podcast that Nathan and I started together, Lo These Literally, actually, we started... 67 weeks ago. We started working on it, though, almost... Three years ago. Crazy. Almost. Wow. <laughs> it Crazy. took us a very long time to get the first episode in the can. We had lots of leisurely meetings and like, well, you know, let's not put any pressure on this. Let's yeah. just... And it was cool. We, you know, we kind of organically developed it and I loved it. And this is what sprang from it. And, um, and because we we started talking about it almost ex- almost immediately upon meeting each other. Yeah, like the second week. We forged a, you know, like, creative partnership, which is interesting because I also forged a creative partnership with Doug Buden mm. not too long after meeting you. I mean, it wasn't instant, but I ended up... I didn't like you at first, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, gosh. The, the validation is lovely. I love it. Do, so tell, um, tell me about the day you met Nathan. Sure. Okay. So we met at the Outfest closing night party. Yeah, they were screening other people with Molly Shannon, mm-hmm. which was didn't get as much, um, I think, accolades as it should have, because it was such a good film. Great film. She's remarkable. Yeah. It? They did an after party at Clifton's. Okay, so it's a summer night. It's a Sunday. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. I had just summer. returned from Africa. I, I really... Oh. June. Um, it was, it was no, July. July. It was July. It was July, and I'd missed the, you know, the beginning part of Outfest this, that year, and I had a um, roommate at the time named Bambi. Hmm. And he, I'd given him my tickets. He'd actually gone to a lot of the, um, the screenings the screenings about Fest. And that one we were able to do together. And he invited his friend Derek Wanker, 
um, who is a nightlife denizen and photographer. A challenging musician. Well, it's made up. It's not his actual name. Oh! But (laughs) Uh, he's a previous guest, and if you listen to our episode, I think we talk about his um, last name situation. One would have to. Yeah. Like, but he he embraces it. I mean, he's chosen that. That's his. That's yeah, his, that's um, his nom de guerre. Decided moniker. <laughs> that um, would be the name of the station. <laughs> war. His, his, his war is awesome. yeah. Um, but uh, so Derek knew Nathan, and you were there with maybe a girl and mm-hmm. some other friends. Yeah, I went to Outfest to. Go see all the movies and participate in the very fun LGBT, you know, movie thing situation because that's the industry that I'm in and I'm LGBT, of course. And who did I even go with? I what went with my wearing? roommate. Do you what you were wearing? Can't remember. White T-shirt, maybe. Mm-hmm. I went with my Casual. roommate Matt. Casual, something, nothing crazy. And uh, yeah, we went to the after party. And we ran into Derek Wanker. I was also there with maybe a girl and Danny T, who were both drag queens. And they were in drag, in full get-up. And, uh, yeah, we ran into Derek, who I knew from Nightlife. And uh, it was just like, hey, Derek, what's up? And he was with Eric, and uh, he introduced us. And then we hit it off immediately and, like, talked for, like, hours the rest of the night. We really did. It was really fun. And to be honest, like... I was excited to see the film because I'd heard maybe it was good, and it was really good, but the reason I went was to go see Clifton's, which I'd never been to, because this is several years ago, and it had just reopened, I guess. That's right, that's right. Um, and so it's I was, a, like a, I haven't been, but it's, it's like cute. a multi-story restaurant experience, is it not? Downtown? There's like a buffet on the first floor, yeah, and, and then there's like, like two more floors You could eat turkey stuff. dinner and, and cafeteria style, yep. I think. Yeah. And, and there's it's a like great a, space for events. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. There's a big tree in the center of it. Yeah. This evening's podcast is brought to you by Clifton's. <laughs> Visit Look your local your wedding at Clifton's.com. Thanks for the cash influx, Clifton's. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I just remember, like, I had, you know, at those things, you run into people that you know, like, hello, and it's just very brief and things. and that, But I just remember thinking, like, when Derek introduced me to this crew of people I was like oh I, these people I want to stay and talk to I that's cool I, mm-hmm. you know um, and it, it was kind of the first time that night that I really was interested in talking to anyone um, and I'm sure I spoke to Matthew and I did I, I remember we talked about this once before that that maybe and Danny T did an impromptu drag show by just telling the DJ, like, hey, we're here for the drag show. And then they just did it. <laughs> which is, uh, which I love. You know, I love that, that chutzpah, yes. that gumption. Um, but Nathan and I really did talk and hit it off and, um, you know, just got into, I think, you know, I spoke about, I think he was like, you know, what brought you to LA and everything. And we spoke about Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World, which is why I moved here. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I, oh yeah, totally. He was like, "You remember? Do you remember this, Nathan?" Yeah, he was like, "I worked on the." I was like, "Why did you move to LA?" And he was like, "I worked on the rotoscoping for Pocahontas Two: Journey to a New World." And I was like, "Oh my God, Pocahontas Two: Journey to a New World, girl, he knew it." it. And I actually, 1998. I've never what even seen what it. Year? Was it. What year? Ninety-eight. Well, no. What year did Pocahontas? Lead what's his name and what's his name oh, through good the wilderness. Gosh. 16, uh, 16 something. 17th century? 1600s? It was 17th century. You're right. 
Um, but no, I, anyway. But that I'd that like to Google that. That is this what I moved here podcast for. brought to you by Google. <laughs> Alex, do you have an Alexa? Alexa, uh, I don't. Oh, oh never no. mind. I'm, I'm very ch- technology challenged. I can barely work this computer. <laughs> barely is actually giving me more generous work this than... computer. I don't know GarageBand um, or GarageBand, as Georgie would say. Nathan will be sorely missed. He really was the, uh, the, the tech <laughs> the brains tech of the operation. Were you the IT department? I'm not doing the IT. I department guess I was here. kind of the IT department. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Shit. You know he's young. Yes, yes. So they're 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 more technically savvy. I I don't know. It comes natural. I worked in a computer lab for five years too. You did. I did. I was super. That wasn't in my research packet at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was a I was a computer assistant uh, in undergrad. Yeah. Oh. Because I was originally studying computer science, which I studied for like two and a half years, and uh, so I did a work study program so I could work on the university's campus get some money, and they wanted to put me in something that they thought that was going to be relatable to my major, which was computer science, so they put me in the computer lab. You were a computer science major? Yeah. Now, do you know, Nathan, when people (laughs) my age, and and Eric Morris' age, when we were in school, that's when they first started computer science. Yeah, it was abacus science back then. We learned... It was cave drawing. (laughs) Hieroglyphs. No, we would take... You remember the, like the nerdy smart people took Pascal. Mm-hmm. But this was in we, high school. Yeah, we basic. Uh, in my school. Yeah, I mean, we learned basic, basic, and you would type like MS DOS, and then you would you would pass the class. You had to if like you could get the computer. Oh, at, at, no! At my school, all we had to do was get the computer to type your name over and over again in sequence, like a. You know, like a never-ending stream. <laughs> run programs. It was so like you know, complicated. Yeah. If then it was a lot of oh, if God. then. Yeah, it was, yeah, totally. It's a little different now. Now it's just one o o one. Well, but people that exactly, but people that know code like the Mark code is still if then blah blah blah. It's the just like it is, you do a lot more with it. Wow. So do you do you still? No. I hated computer science. Do you still speak computer? <laughs> uh, I don't really know that much coding anymore. I took C++, which was like the intro coding language, because there's oh. a lot of different coding languages. And um, yeah, the first, you know, the first couple classes are about just like building basic programs that run basic things, like make a red square on the screen, or like make a thing that, you know, answers this question. Or, and then you build more programs, and then you use previously built programs to work with each other to build more complicated programs. I, yeah, I find it impressive. I will say the other day, I was at the Apple store at the Beverly Center, and I picked up, well, I got concerned. It was it looked like a magic wand. And then I got was concerned that maybe it was not a magic wand. It turns out it is a magic wand that's used for coding. Really? Yes, it's like a Harry Potter. What does it po- do? It's a Harry Potter-themed coding wand. What? I, I was funny. not interested enough to it? inquire from the <laughs> genius bar. Like, what the hell? Because I was we were waiting to deal with a phone issue. Yeah. But that's what it was. It was a hack. And today's podcast is brought to you by Apple. The oh, uh, I love that you're thinking of sponsors. Exactly. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Tim Cook. Direction, Tim Cook. Listen. First, we need to go Tim, first read my email. How my Siri is saying who instead of whom. After you've responded, won't you sponsor? This is happening. Won't you? The podcast. Of course you will. You know, um, but that's what it was. It's, it, it, and, I, and I said, I was, oh, so here's. So how does it work? Well, here's all I could tell you. 
my friend Sal was having problems with his phone. His phone would just hang up after about a minute. Mm. Sal recently had surgery. He was not able to drive. I drove him to the Apple store. He was trying to mimic the problem, so he called me while I was at the Apple store. There was bad feedback, so he, the, the guy said, well, you walk to the other side of the store. So I'm on the phone with Sal, who is also in the store, and I'm just walking around, and then I see this thing laying in the you know merchandise section, and I said, what is this, some kind of magic wand? And I picked it up, and I said, oh, God, maybe it's not a magic wand. And then the guy who worked there said, no, it is a magic wand. It's a Harry Potter coding wand. And that was, that was too many words That's in a row. That's crazy. I, was, I lost my interest. Oh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. But then it's in another language. La Piedra Filosofal. Oh, oh you're reading in Spanish? Spanish. Sí. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's going to... How, how, how are you understanding it? I don't speak a lick of Spanish. It sounds all right. sounds not bad. It's great with... Mucho más tarde. That means much later, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, something is going to happen. Mucho más tarde on page 32. Oh, that's exciting. 32. 32. I know how to say my phone number in Spanish because when I get a Because a lot of hookups with the Latinas. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That, that, that's it. You, you found me out. <laughs> well, after they send a dick pic, which oh, is you've become known for your oh, dick yes, pics. Yes, I do. I'm collecting a lot of dick pics. And then there's the promise of more now. So ooh, recently, um, people, a lot of people are, are, are DMing me on Instagram for um, travel help, uh, airline help air people get stuck at airports. This is because of what you talk about on Jeff Lewis's uh, show? Yeah, well, I, I guess I guess I do. Doug I is a it. famed radio personality. <laughs> yes. I'm he, on he the did our, He did our podcast, and then that somehow <laughs> launched him <laughs> into the radio strategy. You're welcome, yes, Doug. Yes. 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 <laughs> I, I think we have 12 yeah, listeners. Oh, it all to us. 12 <laughs> listeners, and they keep writing to me. No, yeah. they, um, well, so more than 12 are sending you dick pics. Yes, I've, I've, wow. I've received a lot. And Nathan, here's what happens now. What? Women are sending me dick pics of their husbands and or boyfriends. And they'll say, this is my husband's dick. He's sleeping. I'm like, what? don't send me a picture of What do they want? Like, well, that's what... This is what is so odd. Well, they're not been encouraged asking, do they want to show? They're not asking for feedback. They're not asking, like, you know, for me to do... It's like, just like sharing. But Jeff Lewis on this show on Radio Andy on Sirius XM... Sirius uh, Channel 102. Okay. Mm. Tuesdays, um, Thursdays, and Fridays. Which Doug is a now frequent guest on. Yeah, I'm a regular, regular, a regular, regular guest. Amazing. Yeah. Regular co- Congratulations. Regular co-host. Co-host. That's oh, amazing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think we, we only you're, have co-hosts. We you're co-hosting have... all of it down. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but, uh, but Jeff, at some point, encouraged listeners to send you dick pics. Yes, because I had never uh, received one up until that. Well, you must not have tried very hard because they're pretty No, I don't think he was not on the app. I'm not a, a social media person. So how are they sending them to you? Through uh, the via DM on Instagram. Ah, uh, Instagram. My Instagram is Doug Buden, D-O-U-G-B-U-D-I-N. So I think uh, I follow you. And Doug's Ooh. Instagram. Yeah, that's, that's why I saw your tomatoes. Up. Oh, yeah. My tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming in, Nathan. Again? Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Oh, well, actually, we were talking about we were doing some to sort do of a, a dinner. Remote. A remote in my garden. Yes, well, yes. You're welcome to come to a dinner. Could we do? Uh, yeah, let's do a, let's do a garden <laughs> podcast still. I mean, I said I wanted to do it. It's right here. It's <laughs> not. You don't have to travel for it. It's exactly. here. I've got a lot. I've got uh, 10 tomatoes in the, in the ground, 10 tomato plants in the ground. Uh, this year's on-trend tomato, this year's hot tomato, according to Jimmy, the gardener guy, mm-hmm. is 
chocolate sprinkles. Ooh. So I purchased a chocolate sprinkles plant. Sounds delicious. What is a chocolate sprinkles tomato? It's is a very it dark sort of and sweet. It is a dark. It is a dark tomato. Uh-huh. Uh, it is sweet. It is a small cluster of fruit on the vine. Ooh. Oh, it's so like cherry tomatoes? Uh, yeah, a, it's a. I think. Well, they say uh, like a grape size. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, it is a cherry. Ooh, with a barata, it sounds. Oh, could be delicious. Ooh, yes. You know, I would like to learn to make cheese. Uh, okay, let's make that happen. Can we do? There must be a class. I don't think it's that hard. I think you take the milk, the milk and let it sit for a long time, right? Well, Lisa Brauls, uh makes her own ricotta all the time, and she said hmm. you just like basically boil milk and add lemon juice and let it sit. I think you need like a strainer or Re- some, some kind. Yeah, there's a I'm piece of cheese film. cloth. I also yeah, cheese believe uh, rennet. <laughs> I am the word rennet. I'm associating with cheese making. Rennet. Oh, well, well you have to rennet the milk. <laughs> what? Well, it's ah, a puns. Rennet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, Google oh, rennet. Perfect. As we're talking. While you do that, yes, I do want to take a proper deep dive into Nathan's background because if you've listened, <laughs> if you've listened sure. to the podcast, then you'll know everything about me. Little much. crumbs, little crumbs on each episode. You have to listen to a lot to get really to to all of it. The and dulcet Nathan, tones of a euphonium. Nathan is from the state of Washington. <laughs> I am. And he's yep. from the, the the westernmost coast of Washington. I am. Is it next Bellingham? So I went to school in Bellingham, but I grew up in Aberdeen, Washington. Oh, Aberdeen. Yep. Aberdeen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I paid like, scant attention. To it's, um... <laughs> I think we discussed it when I was a guest. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Aberdeen. It's, uh... On the point of an inlet of a harbor, 20 minutes from the beach. It sounds so It just sounds so beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. right in the middle of the Pacific Northwest rainforest. Bucolic. Oh, I know. Yeah. I just, I, and I haven't been to Washington State or Seattle or any of these places. Well, if you've not been to Washington State, you But it's also really Seattle. depressing. I grew up in a very economically depressed town. Oh. Yeah. It, like, Aberdeen became like a city through the logging industry and never really had anything else kind of pick up through there and so it's always just been like it's a town that time forgot a little bit yeah constantly economically run down and like not a lot of jobs not a lot of things to do there um, unless you go into I guess a logging industry or some sort of you know city job like go to work at a bank or do like uh, be a firefighter, a police officer, or something like that. And your like father that. is a firefighter. My dad's a firefighter. My mom's uh, was a nine one one dispatcher for twenty five years. Ooh, love that. She was a, saving lives. She was at a ba- She worked at a bank with my grandma, um, for until I was in second or third grade, and then she got hired as a nine one one dispatcher. Did that for twenty five years. And now she works at a police station. And then, yeah, my older sister's a nurse. Second oldest sister works in an orthopedic surgeon's office. Wow, this sister. is an impressive family. It's one of um, five Yes, sisters. five sisters, yeah. Five sisters. Oh, oh, you're one of six. Okay, so you yeah. have five sisters. Five sisters and me, yeah. God, that's a lot. And they all live in Aberdeen. I'm the only person that lives in Aberdeen. Did you get their hand-me-down clothing, Nathan? Um, not too much, yeah. Just your favorite piece. So you, <laughs> I so you were the one who got, like, new clothes, where your sisters, I'm sure, had to yeah, wear I got each my, other's Yeah, I got my own room, too, which was uh, great. Because oh. I was a boy, and oh. so, you know, like, yeah, exactly. gender norms tell us that if you are the only gender in your family that you get your own room, right? Yeah, I, I know how it works. That even even now that's true. It I mean, is, although like, in in, uh, in New York, 
because space is such a premium that boys and girls are forced to share bedrooms. That's I'm sure that's true. Uh, and what will happen? Uh, I, oh, I God. Uh, we would travel. <laughs> when, when my family would travel, I always had to share a room with my sister. Oh, I, yeah. I've sh- traveling, I've shared a room with my sister all the time. All the time. But So Doug and I each have just one sister. Yes. So That we know of. <laughs> yeah. 23 I mean, and me, baby. I mean, that's I true. won't do that. That's a government-run conspiracy. Oh, you think, get your you think they're trying to get... Get everybody's info? I certainly do. And you know what, Nathan? Today's podcast is brought to you by 23andMe. <laughs> Who are you, 23andMe? Uh, I do. I think it's... I, I just... I don't trust it. I don't trust but it. But you trust Alexa? No, I didn't say I trust Alexa. I have one, but I don't trust I don't trust that bitch either. I really don't. Alexa I emailed, think Alexa is a lot more invasive. Oh, my... It is. I agree. Well, for sure it is. But if you say something you, in front of Alexa, then you're going to get an email about it. Well, did you hear when Alexa emailed uh, this woman that her name, her friend's conversation? <laughs> it was a this couple was arguing, and at some point he said, you know, Alexa, record in the conversation, and and the Alexa said, "Did you want me to record?" And then the, in their course of the argument or conversation, the wife said yes. So Alexa started recording it, and then understood at some point that he said. Email this to Sharon, and it said, "Do you want me to email this to Sharon?" A transcription then, of their yes, argument, and the oh wife God. got an uh, an email or a text from her friend saying, "Get out of your house now," <laughs> because Alexa had emailed. Oh my the whole God! Thing. But and they said just recently, they said Amazon is recording. Amazon has more information about you than any other company mm-hmm. by far. But I believe that the thing with your DNA is that I I believe. I think it was my friend Sal who, who did his DNA testing. And you're, you sign a release that releases a, a copy, ownership of a copy of your DNA. So you are giving this company the ownership of a set of, of your DNA. And I find that troubling. That's all. It's very troubling. Um, yeah. Well, but I could grab one of your hairs right now. Then I'd own some of your DNA. You would be lucky to find a hair on this head. <laughs> <laughs> what are we, 1954? When I get my hair cut, they say, do you want to book your next appointment? I always say, I don't know what's coming back. I don't want to commit. I'll see you in six years. <laughs> so of your siblings, how many of them have children? My second oldest sister, Holly, has three kids. Three? And all girls. Yeah. And that's the only one. So all girls. Yeah. Crazy the other ones, well, nice, still I have, have children. another sister, and she just found out that she's pregnant, actually. Oh, Congratulations. Nice. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah, that's exciting. Her name Tabby. is Tabby. I don't know if she's announced it, so. Tabby? We can cut this Tabitha. Out. Tabitha. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Congratulations, My family's Tabitha. Really listening to this. Um, <laughs> do they not listen? No, I don't think they do. No. Yeah, my, there my are mother, people in Washington State that do listen. Yeah, so maybe some maybe of my old a, friends. Maybe a so few people. So. Yeah. Or my my mom maybe has listened to an episode or two that I told her to listen to. Well, this one's about you, so maybe they will. <laughs> maybe they will yeah, maybe. <laughs> they'll pick this one up. <laughs> if there was, is there any? Is there something that you are afraid Eric was going to ask you? No. Are you sure? Nathan Spearless. Is that? You, I mean, our, well, I mean, we've recorded sixty-seven episodes. We've done like sixty-seven hours on our this, very so first like, episode. Really... We talked about you know like a, a genital piercing <laughs> or like a taint piercing. You know, like we we've gotten into <laughs> yes. it. Yeah, I was wondering if that was going to come up again today. Well, and now it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a best of. It is. It's come up probably 
that that uh, it's has a recur- come up like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, times, it's yeah. a recur- it's a recurring yeah. theme, definitely. It's, mm-hmm. it's come up multiple times. I recounted how it it and, and this is actually the most useful thing about it. It made my immediate family say. We're never listening to this again. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I "Good, but I'll talk about you." A lot of people, <laughs> you know. But I, I, have said before, for every person that was turned off by the tape piercing, somebody was turned on by the tape piercing. Yes, we have people. I do know people that listen to every single episode and tell me about it. Well, then, hello to you. <laughs> yes, hello. Hello, Martian Accounting. Maybe, maybe. Or Adrian. Hey, is there an Adrian? There is. Hi, Adrian. Oh, I know hey, Adrian. <laughs> Shout out to Adrian. <laughs> listener six. <laughs> we got more than six listeners, I think. We, we do. We do. There's there's a few people listening. Some in Jakarta. I, probably, I bet we have probably Jakarta, 30 Indonesia. To, uh-huh. My roommate, freshman year from college, was from Jakarta. Oh, maybe hmm. maybe it is he that's listening. His name was Tiang Tiang. <laughs> Get this, nineteen eighty six is when I found out. We went to college in 87. 80, 1987, I found out my roommate, you know, you get a postcard in the mail. This is your roommate. His name was Chong Gap Tian. I didn't his, get a postcard in the mail. That's not how it worked when I did it. But no, tell me, tell me, tell me. His address was JL Rimba 29 Prapenka Buntu, Jakarta, Indonesia, 12150. Z. Oh my and God! Your memory is crazy. I won't forget it. That is and, so um, crazy. He got to college and he said, "Hey, man, I was so I like, you know, I, I found out because I, I grew up in New York City. It, it it was very common for universities to pair international students with New Yorkers because New Yorkers tend had to that diversity have diverse experience. There. And so yeah. I, my mother was like, you better read up on Indonesia. You better she was learn. like, you better speak you, Indonesian by the right. time I get to college. Uh, you better be fluent in Bahasa. <laughs> <laughs> and so imagine my shock, awe, slash disappointment when I got there. And uh, he said, hey, man, just call me Gappy. And now his name was Gappy. And so I lived with so him. So was he an international student? Yeah, yeah, he was from, from so Indonesia, funny, but yeah. he was like apparently he was born there, but he really lived in you know, like Trenton or something. So you know, I think he was probably maybe he his family had paid five hundred thousand dollars to that uh, person <laughs> to get into Clark perhaps, University. Perhaps and I only lived with him for, for one Clark? semester. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> probably maybe not five hundred thousand. Maybe thirty-eight fifty. When, when I went to college, there was an online find a roommate Ooh. thing. Oh wow. I didn't do that, I don't think. You could just get oh. assigned a roommate. But you picked your dorm, and then they would assign yeah. your roommate. Did you have, we one, you had one roommate? I had one roommate my first year whose name I cannot remember, <gasps> and we did not talk at all. Clearly. Which is crazy, because I'm so outgoing, but we just didn't, didn't try. click. I know, you are very uh, like. He had a girlfriend in a different dorm, and they kind mm. of spent all their time together. And you and had a girlfriend just... in Canada? Yes, yes. No, I was out. I was out. out. You were already? Um, in high school? I was out my senior year of high school, yeah. Okay. So yeah. you came to college out. Yes, I was gay. What a good thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Not not in our day. I mean, no one in my high school was out, and I didn't come out all through college, although some people did. I did not. Mm. I was I was closeted until I graduated. <laughs> until and last my... Wednesday. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> no, I'm definitely out now. I'm, I'm out now. But uh, actually, my senior year college girlfriend today... Um, Facebook messaged me because, yes. and she said she sent me a picture of this house that's now a fraternity at Penn 
And she said, is, is this where you lived on 39th Street? And I said, yes. And she said, my son, I don't remember his name, um, is going to be subletting a room there this summer. And I'm on the verge of telling him, I know that roof really well. <laughs> That's crazy. That is so because crazy. She and I had a lot of intimate moments in and around that house. And, um, you know, it just was wild. You know, because I was just in New York last week and I... Had lunch that is super with, weird. I had lunch with one of my housemates and all dinner with another one who's, he and I were both closeted. He's now married to a, a husband and they're about to have a child. Um, but, you know, I was obviously super closeted and had a girlfriend whose <laughs> son is now going to live in the house. That, That's nuts. That his, his mother and I... on the roof. Well, something like that. You know, I, I, I was in New York last <laughs> she weekend. She probably won't listen to this, so I don't really care. But um, but it was, you know, she's like, I'll, I'll take lots of pictures and send them to you. I said, great. Well, Sounds I, fun. It would be nice to see. That's and so then you great. can send pictures of from when you were there. Yeah. I was also in New York last weekend. Yes, we to, saw each other. I went to a birthday party uh, for my high school class because we all turned 50 this year. Mm. Oh, And nice. so it wasn't a reunion. It was just, just an actual birthday party in um, an for apartment. For your high school. For my I high school friends class. Friends with a lot of high school you, Well, I, I'm, I, I'm, we're all in a Facebook group together, and I'm happy to say that uh, of the fit, well, there, there were fifty in my graduating class. You know, I went to a teeny Quaker school uh, yeah. on Sixteenth Street, mm-hmm. and, which um, my father also went to. Yeah, and uncle. And um, of the fifty in my graduating class, two are already dead. Mm-hmm. So of the forty-eight living, I think there were about thirty-five of us or thirty-six of us at this party. Wow, so, that's mean, a lot. It was fantastic. And what was crazy was it was at this one Jocelyn. It was at her uh, loft. Mm-hmm. on Worcester uh, Street in Soho. And it, it was her mom's when we were in high school, and now it's hers. Everybody was, you talk about like real estate envy. People are walking around going, what do you think this place is worth? Of course, now I know because I zillowed it. But that, <laughs> she is saying, Jocelyn is sitting on a fortune of real estate. That is so An incredible, cool. incredible loft that when we were in high school, I don't remember being so impressed by it. Of course, now I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a big yeah. window, Jocelyn. Why don't you, you know, take a look outside? I'll get rid of her. Well, you must have been very jaded because I remember going to people's like brownstones and massive apartments and just being like, wow, you know, this is amazing. And people's, you know, the way people were living. Mm. I mean, it's different out in the suburbs because I, I lived out in the suburbs and people had nice homes, but like a stunning New York apartment or entire building or penthouse or whatever. Yeah, those are nice. It's something. That's not what, how I grew up. That's true. Same. Well, mm. Doug, I mean, you grew up with lovely... Oh, I had a lovely home. I had my own bedroom, but... And a country home. Oh, of course, of course. You know, but in New York City, I think this could be New York, uh, unique for New York. Unique New York, unique New York. Um, I, you know, I grew up, we had a three-bedroom apartment. Then my sister went to college... And my parents immediately got rid of her bedroom, and it became a two-bedroom apartment right. with a study. Hmm. Then I went to college, and they got rid of my bedroom, and They're it became smart. a one-bedroom <laughs> with a study and a library. <laughs> and I was reminded at this party by Julie Galati. We love Julie Galati. 
when uh, freshman year of college, when you come home for that first Christmas break, you know, you're still really, really tight with all your high school friends, or at least I was. And so we all got home around the same day, and Julie called me, and she said, get over to my mother's apartment. Her mom lived on 79th between 2nd and 3rd. So I get to her mom's apartment, and Julie said, go to my bedroom. I open up the door to Julie's bedroom, and do you know what was there? A brick wall. Julie's mother sold the space of <laughs> Julie's bedroom to the next-door neighbor for them to increase oh the size. And that happens in New York, and I don't think it happens elsewhere no, you're right. in America. That is but, so crazy. I mean, Julie got the last laugh because then her mom decided to move in with her boyfriend, Brooks, at 41 Fifth Avenue and gave Julie the apartment. So now Julie has a stunning two-bedroom <laughs> on 79th Street. But there's literally a brick, a, like a cement brick wall behind the door of her of what was her bedroom. So wow. Yeah, I mean, people in New York are constantly, you know, if looking to expand and, you know, like we're having another child or whatever and... But, you know, many friends of mine have acquired, like, apartments, you know, next to them or whatever. And so then from people who sent them to them. So, but back to Aberdeen. I know. We've got it. We've taken a very long... um, Apologies. Apologies. Strain away. It's all the cake and cookies and festivities that are happening here (laughs) in the studio. Yeah, we have a we have a surprise party for Nathan waiting in the wings. Oh my god, it's not true. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I have to call it an early night anyway. Good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then I don't feel bad. Um, but yeah, no. Okay, so you you have um, nieces, and you're about to have another um, either niece or nephew, which yeah. is exciting. I have two nephews and a niece. And uh, Doug has a nephew. Just, yeah. just the one. Just one. That we know of. Exactly. I mean, that could, could be more. Who knows? Never know. Um, and, <laughs> but so, Nathan, you have, you know, you're, you're an actor, you're a writer, you went to grad school for that. Yeah. How did that, um, how did that calling uh, emerge for you? How, how did you kind of become aware of what you wanted to do? Um... I was in band and music for a long time. I started playing piano in first grade. And then I started playing trumpet in fourth grade. I played piano through my first year of college. Yeah, I mean, Nathan is an accomplished pianist and, and oh, regularly plays. I like to play piano still. And is, is very, very good, which Doug also plays piano. I mean, mm, I play it not. You know a little bit of piano. Violin. Violin. Oh, no, but don't you play a little piano? No, not really. You had a piano, though. Well, yes, of course, but I didn't play it. Ever? No, not really. I mean, little, you. I've, I've heard you tickled. I've tickled only but, a little no, but, bit. Of but Nathan not is a truly, truly talented pianist who still plays regularly. Yeah, I, I love piano. Uh, it's the only instrument I really play regularly still. Um, but I played trumpet from fourth to eighth grade. And, and my one of my favorite instruments. What yeah, else did you and play? then in eighth grade, I switched to tuba and played tuba from eighth to twelfth, and also played euphonium in, euphonium in concert band. Um, my junior and senior year of high school. Euphonium! Well. <laughs> every time you say euphonium, I hear choral music behind me. Yep. Well, we all actually have this in common. Um, I played cello from, from f- fourth grade, or actually probably third grade on, and I was first cellist in my orchestra at one point. 
And, uh, you know, I sang choral music throughout the world. We all have a background in music. Yeah, one could say we're a little garage band. <laughs> Perhaps a dining room band, even. Mm. Um, yeah, so I uh, was in music and I was in concert band my sophomore year of high school, and the choir teacher, she came into the room and she said, We need more people for the musical. And she was like, we really need guys. She was like, if you're if you're a girl and you want to be in it too, that's you can join and whatever. But we really need guys. So my best friend Marcy was like, she did percussion. And she was like, Nathan, let's do the musical. And I was like, okay. And it was... Love that. Hello, Dolly! That was, yeah, that was the first musical I was in. And, and who did you play? Who? I played a servant slash chorus... Slash whatever they need. Oh, that, that, in that big, member. That, you have that big restaurant scene in Act 2. It was a you? restaurant scene, yeah, yes. totally. I remember the beginning, stomped out, call on Dolly. She's the one that Spencer's recommend, just name the kind of man your sister wants and we'll match him up. Don't forget to bring your maiden aunts and we'll match him up, call on Dolly. And then you freeze. And then Dolly came out! And then we were frozen. Anyway, it was super fun, and I just started doing... We did one music... There was no drama program in my high school. We did one musical in the fall, and that was the extent of drama, and it was done through the choir. And so I did that every year, and then I took Running Start, which is a, a thing you can do your junior and senior year at my high school, where you can take college courses at a community college, mm-hmm. and then those will transfer to the university. Credit? And so I graduated with 76 credits that transferred straight into my college. So I didn't have to take any sort of undergrad requirements. And also while I was uh, doing Running Start, I did musicals at the community college as well. So I ended up doing like, I don't know, seven or eight musicals. Did you do The Music Man? No, I did... Sorry, only because you said 76 and I was thinking 76. <laughs> Six trombones and the big parade. And 104 coronets. 110. 110. In my production, there were only 104. <laughs> I did... I did Hello, Dolly, West Side Story, and... Were you a jet or a shark? A shark, of course. Ah, oh, so. Yeah. I think I played Riff. Or Bernardo, I can't remember. In, oh. in, a, in a concert Well, they're very version. different. <laughs> yeah. Well, which was it? But it was a con- Chino. It was a concert version, and I just had my own lines <laughs> and my own part, and I just, but I don't remember which part it was. It probably was Riff. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I loved doing the musicals, and then I got to college. I had no general, requ- I didn't have to take English, I didn't have to take math, I didn't have to take science. Oh, so for your freshman year to kind of placed out of some of the introductory things. Yeah, I didn't because I had seventy six credits, so right. I basically had done all. I'm taking like a math class since my junior year of high school, oh, which is great. It's wonderful. Yeah, Except for computer science, the same. blah blah blah. But I did computer science. I did engineering. I did singing, dancing. I did acting. And the week before school started in college, I auditioned for this little ten minute play. I got cast, and the director was the artistic director of our college's improv group and that week he told me to start going to their open improv things once a week so I started doing improv there uh I was like oh my god plays are awesome because you don't have to sing and you still get to act mm-hmm. this is way more <laughs> up my alley oh, I can cool. totally so do this because like I can sing but I'm not like a, the best singer I just know what my limitations are as far as singing goes and yeah I can tell the story through song and I can be funny and I can sometimes hit the notes and I'm not like some, you know, bravura, you know, 
opera yes, singer or anything right. like special. No Madison Vanderberg, yeah. just an American Idol reference from the current season. Oh, oh wow. Watching. Nobody's no. watching that. <laughs> I, know, well, I, am. I watch the two people that I watch. Once they're gone, actually, one of them was eliminated this week. Oh. The gay one, from, you know, whose parents are pastors and they sort of disowned him and he's been cleaning the church. Oh. Well, he's got a great story. That is a good he's story. He's a good, good story. And he's got red hair. Um, but he was eliminated yesterday. So now there's only one person that I like. I actually, I, I saw this, I, I saw this uh, documentary called They Know Not What They Do, I think it's called, at um, Tribeca this past week, which was one of the most moving things I've ever seen about conversion therapy and about how religion really kind of like attacks the, you know, uh, psyche and of, of people, you know, of gay people it's beautiful we just took a sad left turn no 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 but I I want to have that director on the on the podcast oh Uh, call the booking department exactly there's all kinds of people that'll spring into action but no we we, we're I really do think religion negatively affects the psyche of gay people yeah it's super traumatic and it's something that I don't think that most religious people own up to the fact that they're traumatizing children. On a well, one, basis. one of the things that was so cool, and not you know, about this documentary was, was the, you know, it was about parents. Off it, parts of it were about parents kind of like coming to the realization about like what they had done yeah. to their children, like and the effect that it had on them, because you know, and, the, and then also kind of the effect like, well, you, you know, being so intolerant and being you know. Being so influenced by fear and hate, mm-hmm. you know, is not that's not following the te- teachings of Jesus right, Christ. Sure. I mean, let's be real about that, you know. So, uh, anyway, I was blown away and very moved by Ooh. this documentary, and that just made me think of it. Um, but we have again straight away from Nathan. <laughs> this is at the University of Washington. Is that where you this were? This is at uh, Western Washington University. Western in Washington Bellingham. University in Bellingham. Where wow. Okay. WWU. And so what did you end up majoring in there? So I did computer science and music for a year and a half. And then the first year I was like, I love theater, so I'm going to be a theater major. And then I quit computer science my second year and I got into psychology and I ended up getting a double major in psychology and theater. Super smart. Yeah, and it was really great. And psychology was like a really nice kind of additional major to... I wanted to double major. I just wanted to do... Yeah, I knew I wanted to do two different things, but I just wasn't sure what they were. It's a good compliment yeah. to theater because yeah. I mean, you're learning about human nature yeah. and like what totally. happens, why people brain. operate, so how they operate. I, I yeah, major theater and soch. Oh, that's good too. Yeah, same, yeah. same diff for sure. Yeah. And how helpful they've both been. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, theater. Yeah, <laughs> now, school's weird, right? Mm. Thinking so, back, so you graduated. Yeah, I graduated, did a shit ton of plays, wrote some plays. Stayed local. Got them produced. Um, well, then you went to um Well, I went to college, so I stayed local in the sense that... Yeah, that, that's what I meant, like you were. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was doing... Yeah, I was doing community theater and also doing stuff at school and also writing my own stuff. And um, I created my own theater company right before I moved to Chicago to go to grad school Tell us about the theater company you created. It's called Rapid Theater Company with my friends Melissa and Adam, who are awesome, now married with a kid in Seattle. Adam's nice. still acting. Adam went to grad school in Indiana and uh, for acting. And uh, yeah, we wanted to start... Uh, I went to... 
a theater program that was very much about uh, creating things for yourself. So the huge thrust of the curriculum was, you know, making your own stuff happen. And so we mm-hmm. were like, let's do a theater company and put on a play. So we did um, Neil LeBute's play. Um, God, what was it? Mm. One of them. I can't remember now, but it was a three-hander, and so the three of us did it. And it was super fun and super successful, and then um, then I got into grad school, and I flew it's to Scotland. It's Steppenwolf of you yeah. <laughs> to have started a theater company. <laughs> yeah, I've started a lot of stuff, yeah. Fat Pig? Over the years. I was, was going to say, Fat, Fat Pig, Pig, I remember. Um, Distance from here. Oh, cool. No, not Distance from Here. Reasons to be pretty? No, it was about two brothers. Matter Day Plays, mostly some girls in a dark, dark house. In a dark, dark house. That's what it was. That's okay. what we do. His stuff, I mean, Neil LeBute, um, is a can be a very brilliant writer. And I, I remember um, reading his script for Nurse Betty as we were developing it at Jersey oh, Films. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you yeah, know, he's very... Uh, provocative, and it's got yeah. a green cover on the the image of the play, and I like that. So, well done, you Neil LeBute. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Dramatist Play Service. <laughs> yes, oh my God, these sponsors—they're just like we're we're rolling in sponsorships um, and ads and oh, things Oops, and emails. So apparently. I'm sorry, mm, that was um, Eric's. Mm-hmm. Sorry about mm-hmm. that. Um, so then, did you go straight to Chicago for grad school? Or did you, was there a gap? Were you li- living in I Bellingham? Graduated. I did four years in one quarter of school. So my fifth year, I graduated in the fall, and then I spent the rest eight, of that. I spent the rest of that year working, and I ran a marathon that year. Oh, and on purpose? Yeah, I, I was really into long distance running for a long time, and so I trained for a marathon that year, ran it. Um, Check that off my bucket list. <laughs> um, yeah, I have no need. Did yeah, the, me too. Did well, the did theater that. company. My sister did that. I, I had gotten into our college improv group, and I continued to do improv with them through that year. And we won nationals, which was cool, against 110 other teams. And we got to Amazing. play in Chicago and compete in the finals for that, and that was really exciting. And so I got accepted into Paul, which was also in Chicago, and I loved improv, so... I was like, Chicago's great, went there, got my MFA, also did a bunch of improv while I was there, and took classes at a bunch of places. And it was a two-year program, right? Three-year program. Oh, three years. Okay. Yeah, I was in a bunch of improv groups, and then uh, uh, graduated and moved to L.A. three weeks later. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's I had an audition the second day I was here. It was crazy. You did? Yeah. Well, then that's where you <laughs> met your roommate, Matthew. I met Matt in Chicago, and we worked at, I bartended throughout grad school to help pay my bills and uh i did that friday saturdays and sundays and i worked at this gay martini bar and italian restaurant called taverna 750 which (laughs) no longer exists with matt and yeah we became really close and he moved here a year before me and got into talent management was like you should move out here and i'll manage you and we'll be best friends and live together and We've He's, done that now for the last almost five years. I've watched that show. It's crazy, right? Yeah. I don't know what you call it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the sitcom. Coming soon. <laughs> Martini 750. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then I moved here. I've been here almost five years now. I'm just like, you know, pounding the LA pavement, doing my stuff here, creating things. Is it what you thought it would sometimes be? Sometimes booking work. Um. 
I didn't have any ideas of what I thought it would be, I think. I just wanted to go somewhere outside of Chicago. I was, like, also had broken up with somebody that I had gone to school with. And Chicago just didn't really feel like my scene. Uh Uh-huh. And I got to L.A. and it just felt awesome. This feels Mm -hmm. like your place. Mm -hmm. Isn't that nice? Did you think about New York? Or did you just... I wanted to move to New York until I lived in Chicago. And then I was like, I want to live neither in Chicago or New York. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I want to live somewhere totally different. (laughs) You don't have to, like, make that mistake. All of a sudden, like, move to New York and be like, wait a minute. New York is a tough town. My plan was, if I didn't get into grad school, I was going to move straight to New York. That's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do theater. Right. And then I moved here. And now I kind of do mostly on on camera stuff, which is kind of crazy. And you have a YouTube channel. And right? I have a YouTube channel, yeah. And I've done a lot of stuff on there. And I still write music. And um, got super into writing the last year and a half. Recently did a short play. Yeah, I had a short play last month. I booked Glow in February. I have a co-star in the ninth episode of season three that comes out soon. Um, oh, so that's, that's right. I can't wait to see cool. that. It hasn't yeah. been aired yet. I don't know when it comes out, but... It'll come out at some point. That's exciting. Which is yeah. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I know the part you play. It's a very provocative role. Like very always. Scantily clad, Nathan <laughs> Streifel. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's super exciting. Yeah, and then I have some writing projects that I've just been in process for the last, like, year. So Do you no feel um, the sort of compelled to constantly create new stuff for yourself? Like, is that, is that a compulsion, do you think? You know, like these days with all these social media channels and there's so much content that is available and it's like to stay relevant and stuff like, do you feel like, oh, I have to do something every X amount of days? I read The Artist's Way three times, mm. but I didn't finish. It's a 12-week creative rejuvenation course. If you haven't heard of it, it's by Julia Cameron. I highly recommend it for anybody that's a It was sort of a, a de rigueur book maybe 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, it had time. a real heyday. I, I remember reading back. it and there was a thing about sort of manifesting. I, I, I Like, I, I remember driving in Lagunas and using the artist way saying, there will be a parking space coming <laughs> up on the right. I, I really remember this. Yeah. And there yeah. was, and I was, we credited the artist's way. You had to do a lot of journaling, didn't you? I still journal, yeah. So okay, you do three pages. I did that this morning. You write three pages every morning um, to clear your head and to open space and just um, get in the habit of um, getting rid of... Uh, blocks mm-hmm. because the idea when you journal is to do three pages uncensored so we all part of the, a component that she talks about in the book is that we all have this sensor in us and our sensor um, inhibits us from being able to create with abandon mm-hmm. and um, it stops us from being able to just go straight be a complete vessel for our creative output mm-hmm. and um, so the three pages are supposed to help clear your head and also keep that sensor in check by just writing whatever comes to your mind without letting yourself stop. And so I've done that now every day for a year and a half, which is crazy. I've written, like, filled up, like, 20 journals of just blah. Uh, Long hand. Yeah. And um, I bring the book up because uh, another part of the book is that she says that we are all inherently creative beings, and if you're an artist, then, like, your role as an artist and... um, is to be a vessel from a higher power to create and let it and be basically a channel for creative output. And so I've been kind of doing that the last year and it's been nice. 
Um, it's been very fulfilling. And I've always been creative, but in the last year and a half, I've been able to create with a little less, um, more patience. Hmm. I did like seven months last year of releasing a sketch every week on my YouTube channel, and that was like really great and really a really productive period of um, releasing content. But I did get to a point, I was doing it one week, and I was like not enjoying myself, and it wasn't fun. And I realized I don't want to be creating something just to be putting it out there. Mm-hmm. I want to be creating stuff that I believe in. And so that caused me to kind of slow down, put some breaks on just releasing, 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 and having constant stream of content and saying, look, I got that out of my system for a second. I know what that feels like. I know what it's like to write, you know, a sketch every day for like six months. And now I want to be a little more selective about like what I, the content that I put out into the world and be give things more time and let things gestate more and work on longer projects because I was working on five to ten minute short creative ideas whether they be songs or spoken word or poetry or you know I, I still write short things but now I'm kind of working on things that have a longer form and those things take longer and aren't as in the moment um What's the word? It doesn't make you feel good right away. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, if you write something longer, you don't get instant gratification. You have to trust that you're doing the work. And so I do try to do 10 to 15 minutes of writing. I thought it was really brave. I mean, this you were doing this while we were working together. I think maybe you had started I started the sketches the same week we aired the first episode of the podcast. Yeah. So I was, yeah. I mean, you know, just to keep up with what Nathan was doing, I was watching, you know, all of them. I think I probably saw everything. And, um, you know, there were there was some stuff that was hilarious and inspired and then stuff, some things that were, you know, Less out hilarious. there. And <laughs> yeah. no, I just... No, it's just like some stuff I loved and some stuff I was like, well, that's also on his YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> well, the cool thing about doing that... There's a side No, but, uh, but, but that was part of the practice It just of was it. What, what it was. What I thought was brave about it and daring, you know, it was just like just to have that practice for whatever length of time it lasted of making that a practice of putting something out every week. It's, it's a just, commitment. It, it is. It's a big commitment. It is. And you did it and you... And you um, marshaled a team of people to do it with you yeah totally um and i think you learned a lot about filmmaking and writing and and producing yep. because you were doing all of that for yourself and i right. think that that is great training and practice for whatever you want to do like you said, with long, long, longer term things. Now you benefit. From you can it. wait yeah. to be more inspired and say, like, you know what? Now I've come up with this thing that's like ten minutes long, and we're gonna take yeah, exactly. a however long time to make it. And you're not putting, you know, self-imposed pressure on yourself because yes. like, this is. It was starting to get a little to like pressure filled. The cool thing about every week was, like you said, like I could have throwaway weeks. I could be like. I'm doing one every week, so if this one's shitty, who cares? Right. I'm doing next week. week. Yeah. Who cares? You can yeah. read a poem, yeah. you know, and yeah, exactly. whatever it might be, because mm-hmm. you write poetry. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, yeah, but I, I thought it was, like, a really, um, it was very interesting to watch, and it was a good insight into Thank your you. creative process, which I just thought was, like, good for you. I yeah. That. What I like about my YouTube page is it's mine. 
And what I get is to the, put whatever to say what it is. Nathan Strifle. Just look Nathan my name up on Strifle. YouTube. I yeah. got like a shit ton of videos that are random up there. It's like sketches, music, poetry. But that was creative ideas. Too. Like we, yeah, we sp- we spoke for um, you know a, a number of hours or however li- however long it was that first time we met. And what I did after that was I checked out your YouTube channel and you had some very funny and charming songs. Um, they were political at the time. This is before the the disaster that was the election of 2016. Oh, you know, and, and so, but I just found it very, um, very charming. And, and so then I was like, oh, okay, no, this guy is like really talented, um, really funny and smart. Um, and, yeah. and I just, you know, and I was more inspired even than our conversation to um, collaborate with you in some way. Because my, I mean, my calling, you know, I think has always been storytelling. And I'm, I'm really kind of doing that now. I mean, I, I was drawn to writers um, and I, you know, kind of gravitated towards being a manager. Didn't like managing actors, but I liked managing writers because you could work with them on something. And it's like, mm-hmm. a, I'd read their script and say, oh, like, okay, let me help you make this into something. Um, and I, I definitely, you know, did that with, um, with Doug and, and this play that he wrote with our friend Randall Rapstein mm-hmm. called Common Knowledge. And, you know, we mounted a production of it and it ended up touring and, um, that was, you know, satisfying and I've produced plays and films and things and I'm doing two documentaries right now. And I think that's for me what this podcast has been is a forum for storytelling, having a guest on, facilitating them telling their story. Sometimes I get maybe a little too intrusive and speak about my own story and divert things, you know, away from the guests. Oh, that's part of it. But it is part of it, yeah. I mean... It's a meander. It, it it's can. not a monologue. Life isn't a monologue. Yeah, I mean, that's what we always said. Like, listen, it's a free-flowing conversation, you know, because some people are like, oh, what's it going to be? How's it going to You know, it's just like, no, we just, we have a free-flowing conversation mainly about the guest and we just kind of like take it as it comes, and that's that's what it is, um, and that's what it's been, and it's been a true pleasure to do it with you, Nathan. Oh, I feel the we exact same way. We should raise our glasses. We should. I have almost nothing I have left. Nothing left. Wait, should we do a little rosé toast for this? Oh, we should. Because like we've drank so much rosé over the last year <laughs> together. Yeah, it's in the. <laughs> It is in the refrigerator. Or whatever, this thing. This is what you have. Yeah, that's not it. It's open. No, that's, that's not it. It's it's rose. It's the other one that's open. It's rifling through. <laughs> Love it. Oh my gosh. Seriously. Let's, let's do have it. It has to be actually oh, oh, open. I see. Sorry. There is a quirk. This is, yeah. Oh. 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 Hello. Ooh. Mother opened a bottle of milk. <laughs> Suck on that teat. Would you like some? <laughs> you can't have a Raise soup. our glasses. Okay, fine. Um, you. No, not for me, thank you. Good, good. Okay. I'm, I'm waking up in... in uh, I'm waking up eight hours from now. You've been puffing on that... Uh, really? Jewel. Nicotine tool. <laughs> I didn't know you had, did nicotine. Is well, that a new I, thing? Yeah, well, yeah, but it's... Uh, I told you, it makes me go to the bathroom. Nathan, <laughs> this is to you. To us. To us. To our... What we created together. Um, thank you. It's been such thank an adventure. You. I love you, Nathan Strike. I love you, too. 
and I <laughs> I love what we created, and I I hope that it has a life um, that we continue on with it. Oh, you're gonna kill this it! This is happening, and this hopefully you'll be happen. able to come back. And uh, you're well. The door, the door is open anytime. I mean, first of all, we're planning a dinner party with tomatoes. Yes, yeah, we're having a dinner in my garden. <laughs> You can even bring a guest. Anyone, like, that. yeah, bring Matt, bring bring whomever you want. Um, okay, cool. We Adrian? Would... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to invite Adrian? I don't know who But no, I mean, just like, thank you so much. It's been a joy and a pleasure. And, um, you know, thank you. Thank you. And Cheers. Despite the size of I, what I see to be your shoes... There are big feet to big <laughs> shoes to fill, big feet to fill. Well, you know what? Size I'm eight. Size eight. Oh, that is petite. Mm-hmm. Cheers, Doug. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers, Nathan. Cheers Congratu- to all of our listeners. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's been so fun, and we yeah. haven't had any negative feedback. We haven't had much feedback, but we haven't had any negative feedback, we, which is When good. we have feedback, we get little comments on Instagram or on Twitter. We've had the most feedback, I think. Yeah. On certain episodes when people like post and then repost. And, you know, I mean, we've never really publicized our email address. And I frankly haven't checked it in months. Me so people either. people might Who be knows? emailing us. We've got to get better at that. I was we at may have a list of sponsors <laughs> lining up Perhaps to the sponsor. Tim Cook may have written you. <laughs> he might have. I mean, I used to check it, but I mean, there was nothing but spam. So, I, you know. Yeah, I got a little. There was no point. Um, but the comments have always been very positive. The, the scant comments that there have been. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, you know, and people are listening and there's weird pockets like there's Jakarta and people in Little Rock who are obsessed with Tony yeah, Soto yeah what is that I think there's one guy in a basement just constantly clicking on that Tony Soto episode or maybe somebody put Tony's episode on repeat and died and their phone has just been okay. that could explain it because we, it's just constantly it just, every day you it's know, it's, it's the a, same it's be, episode. And it took off at a certain point, and then there, there was no rhyme or reason for it. And <laughs> it it's a little make, rock, and, it's, and then it's some up other, to like twice as many listens as any other. Some, there's also some other town in Arkansas, too. So it's Ooh. not just the one mm. dead person. It could be, it could be a murder suicide. But yeah, that is taking off, and uh, that kind of inspired us to have uh, Tony Soto on again. Um, because he was so popular. Oh, I love Tony. <laughs> we love Tony Soto. And we love Nathan Stripel. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.